Blog Talk Radio. I hope you have coffee. My name is Raina Starr. Welcome to Desperate House Witches. I am your host for the hour. I'm usually your host for every hour, but that's okay. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might upset you, this may not be the show for you. But I think it is. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out wickedwitchstudios.com. Right now, if you go onto the Facebook page, you will find the links. The social media sale for Halloween is going on through the end of October. Please check it out. That, once again, is www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Okay. So, for the hour, I have been trying to get this gentleman on the air with me for a couple of years now, and I'm so excited. I finally tricked him into saying yes. Hooray. Elohim Leofar, welcome to the show. So happy to have you. Good morning to you and good morning to everyone. I'm very happy to be here. I'm really uh, proud that you invited me. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel very bad that I say no the first time, but like I said before to you, I, I know I was very comfortable with the language, uh, but now I'm feeling mm-hmm. a little more comfy. I uh, and I like when the interview is made for someone like, I, I listen to your podcast, so I know how is your method, and I like really your podcast because it's fun, it, it, it's a lot of information, yeah. you do very little questions. So I feel like Aww. the interview is a very nice way to take the time. Well, thank you for saying all of those really, really nice things. I appreciate it. Um, for folks who don't know, Elohim came to the United States from Venezuela in, it's actually almost exactly six years. September 27th yes. is the sixth anniversary, correct? Yes. Exactly. Wow. I call yes, six years. It's a, it's a life. It's a life. Because yeah, you can it's, learn it's so many things in, in six years. I mean, you you can learn a new language. You can learn new skills. You can do. You can write books. You can uh, meet so much people and so much places. Uh, I mm-hmm. I think that I have my life made here. It's amazing that you did it so quickly because you literally came from nothing as far as privilege or expenses. You had you had no backing. You came to this country with virtually nothing. Uh, if I understand correctly, a laptop, a Kindle, two changes of clothing, a toothbrush, and fifteen dollars. Yeah. Correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, do pay attention. Just that, uh, because in the country, uh, migration was very strict. They don't let you travel with more of $200, and they really don't have $200. Wow. Actually, I didn't have a, a dollar account. 
And I was looking uh -huh. how change some money uh, from Venezuelan bills to American, and I find someone who gave me $15, like, literally, I promised this two hours before to take the airplane. And I arrived wow. with my $15 in the pocket in Atlanta to do the transfer to New York, uh -huh. and I was hungry, and I was looking for food, and I don't knew how to use the machine. Uh, because everything right. is with machines for sandwich and for snacks and for drinks and those machines in my country don't exist. So I feel like I was yeah. in the future. Uh, I was totally disconnected yeah. from reality for that moment. And then I arrived in New York City and was like, wow, this is literally another world. This is not another country. This is another space. <laughs> yeah, well, anytime I've been back to New York, I have felt exactly the same way. I moved out of there a long time ago. But you literally, I mean, you came with as close to zero as possible, and you built yourself from nothing. I mean, you show up in a place that's like another planet, like you say, and you have nothing. What is the first thing you do? Yes, I, I was feeling like Tarzan in England. Mm -hmm. uh, the first thing that I did was struggling to, with, uh, to take a taxi. That was funny. And visit uh, the Yankee Stadium. Really? And around there, Interesting. Yes. And around there, I find a place where I can buy my first sandwich here in New York because it was like wow. 12 hours from Venezuela, and I really just have this money in, in, in my pocket. I don't have bank account, credit cards, or something. So it was like mm -hmm. in, in which I go to spend this money. And I go to live in the Bronx, so I need to arrive in the Bronx, stay there, and look a place where I can buy something. So uh, you know, you are traveling 12 hours to a country that you don't know. You don't know anyone. You don't know the language. It's very complicated. Right. So if you, have, if you have a dollar in your pocket, you don't want to spend it. So I was like, I'm hungry, but I need to resist. I need to support. I remember that I eat like at 1 or 2 a.m. Uh, yeah. When, when I was here. And after that was the next day, okay, I need to start to looking for a job. I need to start for look, for, uh, looking for an apartment. I need to start looking uh, for people and to, to try to connect with people around here. Let me, let me use Facebook, Instagram. Let me try to connect with people here in New York. Let me see in which places sure. uh, Venezuelan people meet. Let me see where I can find English classes. Let me see where they can offer uh, jobs for immigrants. It's, it's a lot of research that you need to do, and you don't have much time because migration here is very strict. You have like 15 days sure. to organize your life, or you need to go back. Uh, wow, know, it's, it's 15 I did not know days. any of that. Yes, it's a lot wow. of stress because, because you come to stay here, so they, they give you, you... You don't come like a tourist stay for six months you, you right. want to have a life so they give you a, a thread of 15 days so try to organize your life in 15 days okay. if you can't you need to go out that's i can't even make a decision about what pair of jeans to buy in 15 days you have 15 <laughs> days to establish yourself no but seriously what kind of a crazy limit is that? You you let somebody into the country and you say, okay, two weeks and a day, and that's all you get to, like, establish yourself? I don't know anybody exactly. who could even do that. It's a, it's it's That's crazy to me that you don't even give someone resources and a chance. But you were determined to be 
was it to be in America or to be in New York specifically? I was looking to be in America, but it has a very nice feeling about New York. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I have some kind of idealization about New York City because when when I was children, I I yeah. have a very strong relation with my mom. She's a very strict person. She's totally different to my to my character. Uh, I am the wife. Oh. She's the oil, but she's like hot oil oh, all okay. day. And gotcha. But. One time when we were children, we had a very nice time. She took me to the theater. And we go uh-huh. to see this film that from the 18s, I think, that was this character, some kind of American hero dressed in purple. I think that was the Phantom, the Spirit, or something like that. Uh, okay. I, I'm not familiar with all the superheroes, but, yeah, it sounds like uh, a superhero I, I, scenario. I, yeah. I, yes, I know either. But I remember that the superhero, he was dressed in purple and black and was something about some schools that he needed to collect, and he was in your city. And I was watching okay. this film. I was I was very shy, but I liked the city, and I was asking to my mom, which part of Caracas is that? And she told me, no, that is in the United States, that's in New York City. Oh, okay, I see the buildings, I see uh-huh. the yellow taxis, everything was so nice. Uh, so I have yeah. that image on my mind for so many years. So when right. I was looking to go out of the country, one of the first options yeah. that I had was uh, someone mentioned, oh, you know, in New York City there's a lot of immigrants, and I just remember, oh, yeah, New York City. You know, it's like some kind of omen. Uh, I, I had sure. that good thing like, you know, maybe I, I just know about New York City this because I've seen in some films. So maybe I, I yeah. could try. If not, well, I can go uh-huh. to another country, but, but the, the country treated me very well, and I stay. I'm so glad. I'm glad you stayed. <laughs> because, well, you know, not everybody can make something of nothing, and you have to be, you have to be determined, and you have to be industrious, and you have to be clever to survive. Because uh, New York City is the type of place... You are very and the patient because the, and because the, because the opportunity is here not too much. I mean, I mean, I work in a factory, in an in a factory yeah. of knives. I work wow. after that in a restaurant, stay in the restaurant yeah. for like almost two years. Uh, I was dishwasher. I I I did cleanings in the place. I I did readings in a plaza. Mm-hmm. I did all kind of stuff to make money. But you know, when when you yeah. believe in something, you continue trying. You don't give up. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And fortunately, you were in a place where you could do all of that, and you could do readings in the plaza, and you could get known and develop a clientele. Um, you yes. know, and and I'm so thrilled that you stayed because a lot of people don't stay. A lot of people come and try, and they get, you know, discouraged and disappointed, yeah. and they go home. Did you ever have a point? in the beginning where you said, I'm not doing this, I'm going home? Yes, well, the, the first month was rude because I come from a tropical country. It's hot all the year. Yes. It's like the summer in, in New York, mm-hmm. but all the year without any exception, including December, January, it's always hot. And when you come here, I come in September, was starting the autumn, was very cold. And Ooh. then comes the winter. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> uh, yeah, winter is. I mean, when you are here, 
winter is strong. When you come from out and you never see snow in your life and you don't know this right. frozen sensation, <laughs> this is disturbing. Yeah. And you don't have clothes oh, yeah. ready for this. And in that moment, right. I didn't have a job. In that moment, I was doing readings, tarot readings in Union Square Plaza, in the street. You know, right. with the snow, <laughs> with the frozen, with everything, and, but I don't have any other option, so I was doing readings in there. And in that moment, I was yeah. like, I need, I need to go back because I don't have clothes for this. I don't have shoes for this. I don't have, uh, I don't, I don't have skills to survive in the snow. But uh, I continue trying, and people say this is just three, four months, and I say, okay, I can survive three, four months. So let, let me continue trying. Yeah, I'm so glad you did. I'm so glad you fought through, and you know, I was saying earlier, you're one of the sweetest most genuine down-to-earth people that I have met in a really, really long time. And <laughs> you. your, well, no, I mean, your ability to stay kind. You, you are a lot about kindness. You are a lot about positivity and overcoming negativity. Um, you know, I just want to let folks know, you're known for the two books, the Magical Art of Crafting Charm Bags and Manifestation Magic, which is the more recent one, because they were published by Wiser. And I guess those have gotten, those two books have gotten the most promotion uh, since you've been here. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of folks don't know, you've actually written six books. Can you yes. tell me about the first book you wrote? Oh, yes, we call it on soul. I was in Venezuela in that moment. I was part of a weekend coven uh, for almost uh -huh. seven years. That is a long time. But uh, mm -hmm. in my country, nobody is initiating Wicca because we don't have masters in Wicca there. But seven years practicing uh -huh. Wicca is, is a lot of time. You learn so many, so many things. And sure. I have these journals with all my my spell work, my rituals, the things that I designed out of my comment, things that was totally mine. Um, I was in that moment working for a publisher because I was uh, ending my career on marketing in the college. So yeah. I was working so, in, the, in the publishing the, in the publishing department of this uh, right. circle of electors that is the reader circle. It's a publisher uh, from Spain that they has office in Venezuela. I was in the marketing department in there. And they have so yeah. many books, and they were doing readings in the restaurant every weekend to do extra money. And my boss usually works sure. Saturday, so every time that he comes for a coffee in the morning, he sees me doing readings, and he was like, okay, this guy also is a tarotist or something like that. Uh, one day he put in my mind the idea of, why you don't write about this? I said, well, uh, I know because there's so many books written about it, and we have this situation that is, Publishers in Latin America just translate books from English to Spanish, if not many Hispanic authors being published, so probably right. don't, no one go to buy it. And he said, well, yeah, because everybody thinks like you, so someone needs to stand up and try to write something. Uh, now, in 2021, you see a lot of Latin authors, but if you go to your research sure. to 2015, 2014, you just go to find like two Latin authors writing. Uh, the difference yeah, from in, in five years, yes, in five years, yeah. a lot of difference. I remember when I come to Wiser Books in 2016, they just have like one Latin mm -hmm. author in labeling. They have just la one Latin author and no one else. I was the mm -hmm. second in Wiser. 
And <laughs> so I, I decided to write all of this material. I put the book yeah. out with the publisher. was a very small uh, amount of copies. They, they first put like 500 copies in the market. Oh, this uh, sold out. Go, we go to press other 1,000. Oh, this sold out. We go to press other 2,000. Oh, now we go to put the book in Colombia. Now we go to put the book in Nicaragua. And this continues happening. Right. So I wrote a second one. Then I take yeah. the rights of the books, I translate to English, and yeah. I, I self-publish the book in Amazon, the, uh, the edition in Spanish and English, because the book not was in Amazon, because it was a very small publisher. And yeah. this sold very well. The book in Spanish uh, was number one in Amazon Mexico for 12 weeks Amazing. in a row. Yes. was That's great. <laughs> uh, when when, when <laughs> that happened... I was like, oh, because uh, I don't know many people in Mexico, but maybe because they finally see, oh, it's a Latin author writing in Spanish. It's not another book that is translated from English to Spanish. It's someone from here. And the book in English, right. the same edition of the book in English, was number one for three months in a row in Germany, in Amazon Germany. Amazing so Germany. <laughs> yes. For me, it was so crazy. I, I was taking screenshots every day, watching the, the book in number one. In a moment, a publisher from Germany, they decide to press more copies of the book to put in the market, in the stores. And mm -hmm. after that, I come to New York City and I started writing uh, with Weiser. In, in that moment, I publish a third book. That is this book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a story, Flowers uh, of the Moon. It's a story that we yep. tell in Amazon. That is from where I come from, Amazon, Venezuela. It's a story about the daughter of a goddess who lives in a river and heals the people. So I try to readapt the story from a more weak and modern perspective, and less misogynistic, uh -huh. and try to give more um, <laughs> some kind of more hero character to the to the story, to the woman in the story, yeah. and try to put uh -huh. that out with some very nice illustrations that my partner did for me and everything. Actually, he designed the cover. Wow, that's awesome. How cool. And just so folks know, you come from a large family, and you're the youngest, and you have only sisters, five sisters? I have five sisters. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a brother when, when I was child, but he's not more here. I have five sisters, uh, a lot of nephews. I have, like, 12 nephews in this moment. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a very oh, family, awesome. and I am the youngest. Uh so I am the, the cool oh uncle. My God. That's my work. Yeah, oh, that's so awesome. No, that's a beautiful thing because your appreciation of women is very, very strong. You know, you did mention that your relationship with your mother was kind of oil and water, and I get that because I had a father who, was, who did not like women very much, and it was not a good relationship. So I understand being related to somebody and having no commonality. Um, when you first discovered that you were a witch, was that unusual from where you come from? No, well, uh, that's part of the family. Every, everybody in home practice some kind of witchcraft. Ah. Everybody's initiated in something. My dad is initiated in Lukumi. My mom is initiated in Umbanda, in Spiegelings, in Palomayon, in Sander. She initiated in everything. Uh, okay. That, that's the thing with her. With her. Uh, she's uh, 
she's too much religious. That's the thing. And I am a little more relaxed person. I like, I la, I am like in English, you say I'm more anal person. I like to analyze all the situation. Uh, this You're is really my yeah. path. This is more in my way. This is really structured with the things that I'm trying to do. Uh, and she's more about, you know, she's more traditional. She's everything about witchcraft and magic, and she don't want to move from the from a modern world. She tried to stay in a very traditional world where witchcraft is something hidden and secret and dangerous, and you can't speak about witchcraft in public. She's totally different to me. I think, wow. I think that information should be in the hands of the people, and if you keep everything hidden, the people lost the opportunities to see how beautiful these things really are. Nobody cares if That's you have really a very beautiful true. garden. If, yes, nobody cares if mm-hmm. you have a beautiful garden if nobody knows that you have a garden. Oh, you know, I have this very beautiful That's garden with orchids and roses, but nobody can see it. It's a secret garden that I have in my basement, so the garden really exists, or you have some bodies and deaths in your basement. It's something that you have in there, because people will start to uh, think uh, very bad things about it. So you want to break right. that uh, stereotype. You need to openly speak about it. Oh, you know, witchcraft is this. It's a religion. You can talk about it uh, publicly, and my mom is more a strict person. I come from that background. Mm-hmm. Everybody in home practice yeah. witchcraft. I, I have stories from the uncle of my mom that she was very uh, well-known in the, in the town, that people say that he can kill people just smoking tobacco, and he, he healed people smoking tobacco. I have stories from the, uh, the auntie, wow. Lara, that is the auntie of my mom, who read the future of the people, and mm-hmm. she was for some time, like in the 40s. She was the most expensive reader in all the country, and she was in some magazines, and people come from all the country to receive uh, readings from her, and I have very nice pictures sure. of her in black and white with, uh-huh. with all of these uh, garments and jewelry because she was a very expensive reader and, and she was very popular. So all of this part of the tradition of the family. Wow. You're lucky. You at least had that part of you embraced and nurtured at an early age. You had it in your family, which is really cool. So I have to ask, and I hope this is not too personal, is it more difficult to come out publicly as a witch in Venezuela, or is it more difficult to come out as gay in Venezuela? It's more difficult to be gay, totally more difficult. Uh, actually, my family continues really? processing that. Yeah, it's really? a totally different yeah. culture. Latin, Amer- Latin America is very misogynistic. The way how they treat women and gay people is very, very bad. You can, you can lose your job well, if you're gay. Uh, they can take you out of the college if they know that you are gay, don't care how much money you are paying in the wow. college. It's, it's a very difficult oh situation. So so when I listen to this story here, I mean, it's complicated and it's very sad, uh, some some stories, but when you see my background, I feel like, mm, you know, I, I don't want to throw your suffering outside or something. I don't want to dismiss your your, your feeling, but at least you are here. Because in my country, I mean, wow. you go out of the closet and, and the next day you, you can easily uh, wake up dying in, in the corner of a street. And in my country, they have this, um, we have this situation that we were fighting for years. Uh, 
studies yeah. when gay people is healed, we never appear in the news. Literally never. When you yeah. see these shows happening here in Orlando, Florida, in New York, every, everybody that something happens in, in a gay club with someone comes with a gun and this appears in the news for months. In my country, that happens literally every week, and you never see that in the news. Really? Yes. Wow. They, they, they just so it's try not to even like reported. Exactly. Oh, wow. it's, like, it's like something just don't happen. If you try to denounce that with the police or something, they just do like this really don't happen. If you are fired of your job because you are gay, they, they, they don't really care. They don't take legal situations about it because... In our constitution, uh, being gay is like something that really don't exist. I mean, I am married here in the United States really? with another Venezuelan person. If I travel to yeah. my country, in, in the moment that I put a step yeah. in my country, I am, I am uh, single. I am not married because they don't recognize my, my, my wedding, my, my union. So they don't recognize. Right. For them, it's like gay people don't exist. I can't even understand that concept because as much as, and I'm bisexual, so I'm also part of the community, um, but it, it, it never fails to astound me that in other places, and some even some places in America, that that you can't just leave people alone to love who they love. I find that very disturbing. The fact that what happened here, and I think you were referencing the Pulse nightclub um, incident yeah. where several people were killed because of who exactly. they love. Um, yeah. That happens in Venezuela almost, you said, like every week that could happen and it wouldn't be a big deal because they don't believe that gay people, they don't believe in gay as a real thing. We have this famous video of the last president that we had he was, I think, that, uh, in Russia or Germany, he was doing some interviews, and people were asking to him in, in, in live about the rights of gay people mm -hmm. to be married. And, and he just say, oh, our country is not ready for that because that is for other cultures. That is for North American cultures, not for us. Uh, this is the background of my country. You know, it's, it's everybody's against mm -hmm. you. All the institutions are against you. Yeah. If you try to make the, the, the March Pride and you try to go to the street, to see the cops immediately in front of you trying to to dismiss your work. Uh, if you try to go with a rainbow to your work, they just fire you immediately, and you can do literally anything. You can go with the minister, you can go with the lawyer, because nobody will to defend you. Wow. No one to defend you. That's just... Exactly. I don't know. I find that painful and astounding, and I'm so glad that you are here and speaking of who you love and who you're married to, did you meet your husband in this country? No, I, we meet in Venezuela, but we arrived here you did? separate. Okay, great. Yes, because uh -huh. we arrived here separate because my visa no was approved in that moment, so he needs to travel. So he comes, and they take uh -huh. much more time to come. So when I come, he was he was in a room in Chinatown. Uh, you know, very, very, yep. very small room, smaller than my bathroom. Sure. And I come, I come later than him for uh, for months of difference. But we were, we were mm -hmm. very cool with that because when we were in Minnesota, he was traveling a lot for for uh, work. So many times we were separated mm -hmm. for three or four months. Uh, we met in Minnesota uh. because we both were activists for the gay people. He was activist in the in the college. 
uh, he was part of an organization that tried to put rights about gay people in the university. He was in that uh, institution. And I was doing activism mm -hmm. for ONUSIDA, that is uh, um, an institution that tried to fight and educate about AIDS in my country. And yeah. we mm -hmm. were mm -hmm. both doing activism for the same population, for the gay people, and we meet in many in many events. So we then we just started to hang out, and in the end it was like, okay, we we have so many things in common, so we we can try. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. So he came, so he's an activist, and he's Venezuelan. Does he also speak English, or does he not speak English yet? No, yeah, yeah, he's speaking English better than me. Actually, he made his um. I don't know how it. his master on mechanical engineering. He did it here in New York City in the College of New York, totally in English. Uh, oh, wow, really? Okay, so he got his master's yes. in engineering in English. Wow, that's impressive. Yes, <laughs> he, he graduated I'm, I'm with honors. and I couldn't do it. Wow. He, he, I'm, I'm he, graduated with, he graduated with honors, and that day he was working for all the streets. I am Venezuelan, and I graduated with honors from the City College of New York. Wow. That was his experience for like a whole week. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. You know, I was talking I was talking to my husband about you before we went on the air and he's like, Mhm. His English is very good for somebody who's only <laughs> been doing it for two years. He's like, he's super smart. Watch out for him. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not dumb. I know you're smart. <laughs> you're smarter than I am, and I'm kind of scared of you now. But that's okay. That's okay because you seem to accept and love me in spite of uh, in spite of myself, which I appreciate you for doing. Thank you. So I want to turn the tables on you a little bit because I know – I've heard you interview, and I've heard you uh, your questions for folks. So I'm gonna now ask you the questions that you ask everyone else. You ready? Got it. Okay. So tell me about. You don't have to say the city or anything, but tell me what you love about where you live because I haven't been there in many many years. Wow, New York City, I love the culture. I love uh, how do you can see so many cultures just going forward in the subway. It's amazing. You just yeah, put your step in the subway and you see people uh, people from India, Muslims people, Jewish people, uh, Catholics, yeah. pagans, Hittites, uh, people of color. You see everyone in the subway like... You, you know, you see the news. You see everything about Black Lives Matter, about racism. But when you are in your city and you just go to a subway, it's like you literally disconnect from reality and you're in another world where everybody feels like, you know, we are here in the same subway, in the same travel, doing our, our thing, in the same life, sharing the space. You don't see nobody. You yep. never see anyone la, like yelling each other or being disrespectful. I have six years here and I never see something uh, disgusting in the, in the subway. I just see people traveling together. You see that the Jewish person just sit down next to the Muslim and they are not fighting. They are just like, good morning, good morning. Oh, thanks for the seat. And and that's a yeah. really amazing, encouraging experience that you have here in New York City. That, I mean, the level of cultures that you go to the streets and you see in the restaurant, you see the vegan places because they are respectful with other people who have different options. You see 
the gay club next to yeah. the next to the church, and you don't see yep. people fighting That's in the front. True. Everybody, everybody is minding their own business, and that's very nice. I think that is a very good example to see and a very good example to follow. Like, I have my options in life. I take these options and I respect yours. You can be next to me and I will respect yours. Uh-huh. Which is wonderful. I mean, I think the ability, this is why social media can be such a problem, because when you don't have to face somebody, that's when all yes. the negativity and fear and prejudices seem to come out. When you're safe behind a keyboard, you being the quote-unquote you, the general you, um, you know, people just feel like they can just spew and get their hatred out against a person because they don't see them. They say things they would never say to a person's face because you don't have to look the person in the eye. So all social media should really have, you should have to have a screen for everything so you can see people all the time. And they would be so much more uh, careful about what they say publicly. And I think we need to go back to some kind of a form of decency where you don't, if you wouldn't say it to someone's face, don't say it online either. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a very nice thing to say. Uh, yeah, social media is very complicated. And the thing is, negativity mm-hmm. is always the easy way. It's always the easy path. If I don't like you and I start just insulting you, I'm just taking the easy way. I'm just being lazy. Oh, I don't like you, so I go, I go to offend you, insult you, I go to speak against you with everybody else. That's very easy to do. And it's lazy and it's so disappointing. You know what is hard? It is lazy. Like to see, okay. Yeah. Yes, in, but in the other side, if I see you and I say, okay, I don't like you, but I go to try to understand why I don't like you, that's hard. That's the hard mm-hmm. part. That's when you are not being lazy. Because sometimes you see so many people struggling and throwing shoulder in public. I mean, <laughs> where is the decorum? <laughs> where is the decency? And you see everybody talking against some, against some, oh, I don't like these people, so everybody needs to cancel this person. Why do you need to cancel this person? Oh, because I have difference with this person. Okay, you have difference with this person. Why everybody else around need to have the same difference with this person? Maybe you mm-hmm. told this right. person in a very bad day. Maybe you, maybe uh-huh. this person just don't like you, but it's something personal between both of you. Why we need to make all of this something general when we have so many troubles in the world? I mean... We live in a world where everybody is depressed or sad for some reason. Why do you need to put more sadness out there when you can just take the difficult word for a moment and, okay, you know, I don't like this person. I want to try to work on this. I want to try to understand why I don't like this person. But for some time, because Mm -hmm. for my own mental health, I go to block this person and just stay away and don't say anything. And nobody else around needs to know that I don't like this person. And it's, it's difficult. It's the difficult work but at least you are doing the correct work. Mm-hmm. Well, I think people tend to get into this pack mentality, and it's not, you know, people, for whatever it's reason, not, well, it's not healthy, and it, but it's also this point of if I don't like you, I don't want anyone to like you. It's a very pack mentality, like pack of dogs uh, or wolves. Yeah. Uh, they all unite as a unit, and whatever one is against, they're all against. So it's kind of like that that mob mentality of 
it's not enough for me to not like that person. All of my friends can't like that person too. And I think it's very dangerous because I think a lot of it gets based on, like you said, maybe the person had a bad day. Maybe it's just a misunderstanding. Maybe I just yes. don't like you, but I don't need everyone else to not like you. Maybe it's just something exactly. between me and that person. So I think it's important, and I love the things you say, because, and I want to get into the, some of the things you've said publicly recently in a minute. Back to the questions for a minute, though. Okay, so do you remember your first magic book? Your first book about witchcraft. Yes. Yes. Uh, this it? is the thing. In, when, you, when you are in Amazon, you can write anything. So you learn everything mm -hmm. for uh, oral folklore. When we moved to the city, okay. uh, to Caracas, we were in the market, and my mom was taking take me to this uh, some kind of boutique where they, they sell candles and everything. And I see this this uh, blue book was blue, no, no was uh, Raymond Bogdan was Jerina Dunwich, mm -hmm. that is an American author from New York, and was called oh. Magia Blanca, that is White Magic. I insisted mm -hmm. so much in my mom that I won the book, and she was like, no, no, no. In the end, she, she buy the book for me. And that was my first book on Wicca. And uh -huh. here, I, I keep that book with me for like 20 years. I read that book so many times that I literally memorized every spell, every word, every line in the book. When I come here, wow. and I, okay. yes, yes, because I was obsessed with the book, uh, and uh -huh. I come to New York, and look how works the universe. Years ago, I'm, I'm following this author in Facebook because she yeah. don't have Instagram, she don't have Twitter, she, she don't have a website, she's very disconnected from social media, but she continues doing books with different publishers. And years ago, I noticed that she started to work with my same publisher, with, with Whiter, and I was like, wow, this is how the universe is working. Now I am in the same wow. uh, publishing house that her. And she, obviously, obviously she don't know me because she's not in social media. But she don't know that a big step in my life when I take the week apart was her book. Because she introduced me to this, the first chapter of the book was uh, what is magic and what is week, and she gave a whole introduction to this part. And I was totally obsessed with this about uh, uh, the modern nature, about cosmic energy, about the goddess, about the horned god. I mean, find the conception that you can have a goddess is amazing because every, everything is about men, everything is about, is about the male god, everything is about the horned god. But I was looking, you know, women can have children and they have the option to have mm -hmm. children if they want. I mean, they have options that we don't have. Sure. They are literally goddesses. You can say, I want uh -huh. to have children and have it, and you can say, I don't want to have a children and don't have it. You have the option. Men don't have the option. So that That's is true. a miracle. But it's, it's a wonder that women can do. So I, I, I was totally obsessed with this conception that women can be venerated because you know what is easy? It's super easy. Go out and talk very good about, about men because society is proud of that. Oh, you know, this man, my neighbor, oh, he's very cool, he's very awesome. But when you're starting to work about women, everybody look at you like, uh -huh. why you venerate her in some way? You know, you want to be a rebel, venerate uh -huh. a woman. That is being rebel. That is being the bad guy. You want to be the bad guy, the badass, go and talk very well about women. Because everybody else is talking uh -huh. trash about women out there. It's true. It's true. And you... <laughs> See, and every time I even think about you or read something you've written, I get, 
a big smile because I know that it comes from a place of kindness and respect for women. And when you do that and you recognize that there is some kind of magical property about this person because they can create a life, I find that fascinating. And your appreciation of that just makes me giggle. <laughs> As somebody who's had two children, I laugh at you know, it's sweet. Yes, you see all of these scientists in a laboratory trying to clone people, trying to create life, and most of the science are mm-hmm. men trying to create life. And then like, oh, wow, you have so much envy that you can do it, and women do it, that you need a whole laboratory to do all of this because you can do it. You need to put more women in the world, mm-hmm. and, you, and you will have life in there in, like, two days. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, so I have to go. I have to. I have to continue with the questions. Let's get back to that for a minute. Um, who was okay? Do you remember your first spell? And do you can you tell me what it was? Yes, uh, I I was totally alone in home. And my mom go out to the market with my father and with my sisters, and they have a little headache. Mm-hmm. I was in that moment in the military school. Was my day was my day off, so I was in the apartment with all the tools of my mom, her candles, incense, oil, she has everything. And I okay. was doing a char- yes, and my first spell was a charm bag, because I was reading in this book uh-huh. that uh, to do mojo bags for, um, for knowledge and for wisdom, and I was doing very, very mm-hmm. well in the military school. So I take a blue cloth to make a charm bag, because my mom, she knows how sewing uh, clothes, and she teach me, uh-huh. and I saw a whole okay. uh, a whole bag for myself, and I put in oh, there uh, nice. a onyx piece, a number piece. I put some honey. I don't remember which oil I put, and I write uh, in a paper. I I write down uh-huh. the names of every one of my teachers, and I put yeah. this roll of paper inside of the chamber. I put in the inside of a cauldron with some um, mirror. And sandalwood, I mm-hmm. burn some incense around. I keep it in there for the whole weekend. And then I put the charm bag in my backpack to go to the school. The sure. idea of the spell was, right. was not trying to step over the teachers, was more trying to connect with them. Was Because I was really struggling because the military school has so many things to teach because we were there from Monday to Saturday. And we had like wow. 18 different teachers. It was so much stress. It was so much pressure for someone so young. So I was trying to do mm-hmm. this spell work, like trying to connect with the teachers and trying to let them understand that I am struggling with, with these topics so maybe they can be a little more mm-hmm. easy with me. And the first yeah. two or three weeks, I was like, okay, this is not working. But after the fourth week, uh, because I remember that was, when I did it, it was like a new moon. And the next new moon, right. I started to see some things happening. I, I, I see for the first time the math teacher comes to me like, uh, you really understand this exercise because look like you are not understanding the, the exercise. No, I really don't understand the question. I really don't understand how to do the fraction. I really don't understand this. Uh, he he takes me right. say, in the break, when everybody goes out of the room, in, of the classroom, you stay here, I go to teach you how to do the, the equation. Very good because you knew you oh, need sorry. to do this for the next for the next week, and it was like okay. And the next day, I I have the same situation with the history teacher, and with the yeah. science teacher, and 
and I see, okay, this is really working. So I keep that chamber for like all the high school, the military school, the, the college. I keep it with myself. That wow. Spell, and I keep it with myself for like 20 years in the backpack. Really? <laughs> you yeah. still have it? Yes, oh, I have that's it. Awesome. That's great. So it actually helped you not only when you were younger, but it helped you all through different types of learning and different schools. That's amazing. I think it's wonderful yeah. when you retain the magic that, that you know, because they say different things about magic. Some people think the spell dissipates over time. Some people think you have to recast it. You have to feed it. You have to do this to it, to that to it. But you, I, I like you to cast the spells. Yeah. Is, is it, that something I like spell, to do? Yeah, I think it's yeah, amazing. I love that you do that. Um I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead, please. Well, uh, I like to recast spells. I just tell when people does. I did many times, uh, especially with love spells. It's something that I recommend uh, to keep uh-huh. them like, in, like in, in guidance because I, I understand that some people believe that when you do the spell work, you need to forget everything about the spell work. I respect that conception, but at the same time, it's, if it's so important that you can't forget why you do the spell work, then why you go to do the spell work? If you go to forget why you did it, I prefer keep right, working right. on the What's spell work point? and yeah. trying to keep your mind on that. Because if it's something important that you are moving your time, your energy, your space of work, your altar, and everything else to do the spell work, is because something important. So try to focus on that. And if you think yeah. that you can do something a little better during the time, try to recharge the spell again, try to put some extra energy in there. That's very nice to do. Yeah, no, I agree with you. If you're going to to do the spell to begin with and it's taking up your mind and your energy, you should put your energy into it so that you can keep that going. And that keeps the magic part alive in it. I know there's just so many different theories about Casting spells and, you know, gree bags and mojo bags yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. charm bags. And everybody has a different take, which is why I, you know, I really like the two books of yours that I have so far are the ones that obviously were sent to me by the publisher. But now I want to get your other books because there's four others um, that I want to keep reminding people they can they they are available. If you if you go to Elohim's uh, website, you can see links to buy all his other books too. Um, speaking of other books, I must ask you: Are you working on a yes. new book right now? You are. I have three books. Oh, re- wow. Yes, okay. I have three books ready. I have three books ready. No I, kidding. Uh, no kidding. I I grew manifestation magic during 2019. I grew the whole book uh-huh. like in nine months. I offered the book to my publisher wow. in yeah. ending October. In November they say yes. And during 2020, uh-huh. I had so much work, but everything comes online because 2020 comes. And yeah. we need to readapt. <laughs> so my way to cope with all the situation was sit down, ground myself, and continue working, continue writing. And I mm-hmm. have so many spell words, and I have I, I am in three different covenants at the same time. So I'm doing so much work. 
and I have clients, and I, I really love my clients because I learn working with my clients. I learn from different situations. So sure. I try to, to put all of this in my journals. Uh, I, am, I am Capricorn. Mm-hmm. I'm very organized. I, ha- I have journals everywhere for home, around home. And I have so much explanations and spell words and charts and everything to see, okay, I did this, mm-hmm. this spell last week and was the full moon and this is not working. Let me see what happened. Let me try this. This same spell with another client in a different phase. Oh, this spell is not working with this person. Let me see what else I can do this. So I, I'm working so much that I always taking notes about it. So during 2020, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I have more clients, multiple struggling. So I work harder and I design so much mm-hmm. things about magic. And I have this group uh, online, uh, a lot of uh, people with who I meet uh, every two or three weeks. Uh, I design a lot uh-huh. of new spells, and I, and I learn a lot of new theories about magic, and I try so much new stuff. So the things that works, I try to keep it for myself. Everything else, just delete. And in the end, when I uh-huh. know that I have three new books ready, and I'm just waiting wow. to see. It, yeah, I'm just waiting for decisions with the publishers and, and, and everything else because the books are totally ready. That's amazing. So you have literally three books sitting, ready to go. You're just waiting for the yes. publisher to say, let's pull the trigger and do this. Got it. Yeah. Incredible. So is it possible that all three would be released together or one at a time? I think that's the dream of every author. But I don't think because uh, publishing houses, you know, they are very strict in, the, in their way to work. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's a very complicated situation. It's, it's a lot of work to do. And um, it's so many authors. Mm-hmm. The market is now very competitive and everything else. But that's a nice idea. I, I would like to have my books published more, more often. Uh, yeah. No, and to be and being totally honest here, and people will judge me about it. I don't care. It's not for, it's not for the money because in the end of the day, books don't make too much money. It's because you see how many things that you can teach and you want to share it with people. And you know that if you put all of this information in blogs or videos, people will steal from you and say that they did it. Uh, so mm-hmm. you want to That's register true. the material and have the copyright and have the book. And you want to teach yeah. these things to people, and it's so many things that I want to teach because, for example, when I read books of my colleagues, uh, sometimes people say things like, oh, in Venezuela people do this with magic, or in, in Amazon people do this, or when you try ayahuasca, and I'm like, you really try ayahuasca because you don't feel like that, and I, I worked with ayahuasca for many years. And people mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. you, you travel to Amazon, uh, the native magicians in there, well, first of all, First of all, we don't call ourselves native magicians. That's very complicated. And we don't do that kind of spell yeah. words in Amazon. So you see so many misunderstandings out there that sometimes you want to teach, okay, yeah. this is the correct way how to do it. This is what this means. This is what, why we do that. And in so many things, for example, about sage, that is a whole complicated discussion. People, every time that you burn sage around, people say, Native Americans, yeah, but you are forgetting that Native Americans are not just North America. Uh, so you have Native Americans in South America. Thank you. We are part of America. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Please see the map. Right. And in South America, right. sage <laughs> is not sacred. And in South America, right. we use the sage for healing and for protection, but it's not a, a sacred plant. It's sacred in North America, 
But for example, if I'm burning sage in my apartment, people can be mad. Oh, you are burning sage. And you know, Native American. Oh, I know. Baby, my grandma is Native American. I, I come from the Wajut tribe. I born in Amazon. And for all sake, sage right. uh, is not sacred. So uh, it's some misunderstandings about that it's necessary that someone comes and say, okay, you know, this is the other background. Because people is so uh, too much about this is my perspective, this is what I think, this is what I read. Yeah, but you are forgetting that other people have a different background on this. Exactly, yeah. I, and I think there's enough respect to go around for all of it. You know, when when you have somebody who comes at it with, who comes at anything with a unique perspective, we don't have a lot of Venezuelan writers on witchcraft. So I would think exactly. that that alone gives you a level, you know, you should be at least afforded a level of respect for where you're coming at it from, your background or history. You know, all magic is not uh, British or white or yeah. anything. Nothing yeah. is, is Nothing that we do is one thing from one culture. You know, I mean, we have to embrace all of it. We have to embrace each other and where we come from, even if it's not where we are right now. You know, we all bring a, a history of something with us when we do magic or you as a writer write books and do magic, uh, when you teach, um, because I know you do things online and we are, wow, we are running out of time. Um so we're going to have to schedule another time for more conversation. But um, yes, so the Got idea it. of the idea of appreciating where you come from and what you bring to the table as a writer from the Amazon is very different from somebody who was born in Britain or born in America or even born in a different city. Because I'm sure in Venezuela there are many places that are not all the same. Venezuela is not all one thing. It's not all one language. It's not, it's not all one background, just like everywhere. See, people have this idea that if you're from, you, we had talked about Germany because you've been published in Germany, but people have this idea that Germany is all one thing and all one type of people. Not at all. It is as diverse and different as every other country on the planet. All countries, all continents, all people are different and have different influences and styles. You may even have two people writing about witchcraft from Venezuela, but they are a completely different attitude and different position because of background, because of upbringing, because of environment, what they've done with their lives, all the different things that make us all unique. Yeah, so the, I think the, it's a beautiful the, the thing. Culture, yeah, the culture is entirely different. The, the thing is that people forget that magic is older than us. Magic is older than our language, uh -huh. magic is older than our flags, magic is older than the names of our countries. So when people say, like, oh, I know everything about magic, yeah, you are a person of, in your 30s or 40s or 50s, so this means that you have, yeah. I, I don't know, 20 or 30 years learning magic, you know, magic has been here from older than you, from older than the continent. Uh, we have the uh ports, -huh. we have history about uh, Mesoamericans using magic, we have information about Mayans using magic, Aztecs using magic, 
uh, indigenous people using mm -hmm. magic, uh, Ch Chinese yep. old culture using magic, um, the Romanians yeah. using magic, uh, Babylonians using magic. We, we have the word magic from there. So we can't put mm -hmm. in a book exactly what is magic when we are here for like 30 or 40 years just learning and magic has been here for forever. You can just sure. put time sure. in words. We just give a little view, a little perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No one owns it. We all, we're all a part of it, but none of us, that's the problem with gatekeeping. But before I get to that, because I'm going to keep you over just a couple of minutes, um, and I hope it's okay. Um, so I have to ask, how was 20, so before we go, because there's so many different things I want to ask you, it's driving me crazy. Okay. So the other question you always like to ask is, how was 2020 for you? Now, I'm kind of guessing that 2020 for you was okay because you've got all these books that you were working on and all these classes and gaining popularity and, and really networking like crazy. Do you feel that 2020 was a successful year for you in spite of the pandemic? Uh, was successful in many ways. was over stressful because I, nobody was ready for this. Uh, I mean, I was watching the news. Mm -hmm. I was struggling with anxiety in my home, in my apartment. It was so complicated year. But uh, I yeah, have to also, I, I, I can just sit down and cry in the corner or try to do something. So I started to create all of these projects. Okay, I need to try to show people inspiration and that people feel like someone else is connected with them. So let me try to do like videos. Let me try mm -hmm. to invite my, my friends to do these videos online so people can connect. So Michael Herkis come, uh, yeah. you know, um, someone else come, Judy Kailas come, uh, Ivo Dominguez come, um, every, everybody is. I try mm -hmm. to invite everyone. So people can disconnect from reality for like 30 minutes and see, oh, this is the author that I follow and this is the other one person that I follow and they are doing this video together and talking about magic, witchcraft, uh, recipes, blah, blah, blah. So people can breathe for 30 minutes and go back to reality more relaxed. And that was, sure. you know, the, 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 behind, the behind the scenes is super stressful because you are trying to coordinate the schedule with everybody else around and trying to connect with media and you need to have the Wi-Fi working at, at the hour, the sound needs to be perfect, and everything yeah. else in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. It's super stressful. But yeah. at the same time, in the end, it's yeah. like, okay, the work is worth it because people is feeling connected, people is feeling well, people is feeling like, okay, I'm not struggling alone. I am. I, I feel alone in, my, in France, but it's over uh -huh. 1,000 people around there following the same guy and inspiring me to continue doing my work. So you feel that, like you are connecting right. this web around the world with them. Yeah, and I think that is the thing that, you know, the opening of the world, as it were, for all of us was a big, uh, big part of helping us get through 2020. 2020 was yeah. very stressful. You'll hear a lot of things about survivor's guilt when people have gone through a very terrible time and you haven't been one who has suffered and it, it, they call it, you know, be feeling guilty for being okay. And, and yeah. I want people to understand that don't feel guilty. You give us goals, you know, when things are not going yeah. right, somebody is always going to be doing okay at some point when a lot of other things are not going okay. So I, I, I just want people to know it's okay. don't feel badly just because things happen to work out for you in a situation. I give you an example. 
my son worked in a restaurant. Um, he washed dishes. He was a line cook. And when the pandemic hit, the restaurants all closed, Loses his, lost his job, okay? Um, yeah. But losing that job made him go and find a better job. So he wound up working for a much lore, a large corporation that kept him employed, and he's still employed, and he learned skills uh, that he didn't have, and now he works an even better job closer to his house. So it's everything does not have to be tragic. It's okay for some things to go really well. So the other thing, let's see, what else did I want to ask you? Um, yes. The last thing I want to ask you about is because I watch you on social media, and I've seen lately you post about narcissism and narcissists. Please talk a little bit about that because, and I want you to do that because a lot of us see folks who think they're better than other people or know more, and because you are, have such a humble spirit and a sharing spirit, it seems to have affected you that you would post about it. So please tell me about that a little bit before we go. Yeah, that's, uh, this is the thing. Uh, we always talk in every community, it's not just the pan community, every community in the world is made for people. And we always repeat the same archetypes that we see in the school, in the classroom. You always see the good people in one side, yeah. you see the bullies, you see the people who yeah. are the victims, you see the people who sit down behind because they are the introverts, you see the extroverts. All these archetypes always repeat over and over in every group. Don't care how small is the group yeah. or how big it is the group, you will repeat these archetypes. Mm -hmm. Many times people who have a very strong past, a very difficult life, they are starting to develop different skills of surviving and sometimes these skills can be very good for everyone and sometimes are very manipulative skills. Uh, in this scenario, mm -hmm. people can, can turn very egocentric, yeah. very egomaniac or narcissistic. I, so I am an, what people call a narcissistic survivor because my ex-partner was a very narcissistic person. We go to therapy for many years together and he was a uh, very um, narcissistic, uh, egolatric person. Everything was about him, around him. Uh, if he needs yeah. to find a job, every, everybody else needs to be worried because he needs the job. If you don't help him to find a job, you are a bad person. If he feels bad, everybody uh -huh. feels bad. If you, if you say today, oh, you know, today I feel sick. Oh, I'm sick too, and, all, and I'm not saying anything. You know, it's that kind of person who always tries to dismiss your suffering, your situation, like everything is about me. Because that is a narcissist person. Yes. Uh, yes. And in these communities, always the narcissists de develop different mm -hmm. skills to manipulate the people. And it's very complicated yeah. because you can recognize the people because people can be, they, they come to you, they are very kind, they show a lot of interest in your world, but at the same time they are trying to put you against the people who are their enemies. And they are trying to manipulate you and they are trying to use you in many ways. And the, the Nazis yes. have this kind, some kind of radar in their mind. They're trying to detect who is weak to their, to their skills. Mm -hmm. And when they notice that they can put any strength over you, they will do it. And this person will come to you and will say, oh, you know, you are so awesome and so smart. You, you are, I, we should be working something together. 
because you know you have this this person around and this person that are around you they are very bad people and they're starting to gaslight in you about everything else they say oh you know mm-hmm. Raina, Raina Raina is a bad person Raina is you know and they start uh-huh. to say all kinds of lies about you and I can say oh you sure. know but Raina has been always kind with me she has been always so considerate and she told me uh, yeah but you know she always do that she always do that with everybody else I have so many friends but they don't go to give you names I have so many friends who right. talked with her and she did the same thing with everybody else so you need to take care of Raina and they may just struggle with your thoughts and just starting to trust in this person. Yeah. This person literally used you. And when they end with you, when they see that they can do anything else productive with you, they just throw you away like, like garbage. And yeah. that happens a lot in yeah. these communities. Because you have so much ego here and it's so much competitive in this community. So you see so many competitive people. So you see people saying over and over, I'm not competitive. I like that everybody wins, but they just want that their group wins. Or if you go to this uh, group or this event with this person, you are not part of my group, so I want to put everybody else against you if you go. And this happens over and over every day, so I'm trying to put some information about it. Because yeah. I've done the struggle with, with this partner in my, in my past for six years was a very rude situation, yeah. was a very complicated situation, was a lot of physical and emotional damage made in that moment. And after oh. years of therapy, I, I say, okay, you know, I need to talk about this because I know that a lot of people out there, I'm not a therapist, but I know that a lot of people out there is in the same situation. So we need to put some light out, out there. You see this film, uh, it's a film of Disney about this princess, Tangler, you see it? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, uh, you need to see it. Uh, they, they have this princess okay. that is located in the tower, and the mother uh-huh. keeps her in the tower. And the mother is a very manipulative person, and she's trying to keep the princess in the tower because the princess keeps her young with her magic. So she don't want uh-huh. the princess come out from the tower because the princess for her represents power, represents youngest. She can keep young because she's some kind of witch, while she keeps the princess uh-huh. locked down all her life in the tower. So she comes over and over to the tower and says to the princess, you know I am protecting you from the war because the war is dangerous, because the war is a warning, because the war is on fire. I am protecting you and you are ungrateful with me. So they try to make you feel bad. Uh-huh. They try to make you feel like you are the bad person. Like, oh, you know, I'm doing... when the princess comes to say, oh, I want to go out for my birthday, she says, oh, you are so ungrateful. I'm keeping you here safe, protected, all of these years, and you are so grateful with your mother. They're trying to make you feel bad. Mm -hmm. And you start crying, you start being worried, so you you try to apologize. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. They keep you in that way because they keep you in their hand. That is a narcissistic person. They try to gaslight you about Mm -hmm. everyone else. They try to say that everyone else around is bad, I am the good person. You will recognize who is a egomaniac or a narcissistic person because they pass more time talking trash about everybody else than about them. Because people who is, we can say, mentally held, they don't have the time to sit down with you. Oh, you know, everybody here is trash. They are like, oh, you know, this person is complicated. So just take some warnings about this person and they don't say anything else. But someone who is just lighting you, they will come to you. 
you know, you need to keep away this person because this person is a liar, because this person is this, because this person is that, because this person is blah, 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 blah. And they picture a very whole horrible imagery about that person. And in the end, you feel like, oh, I really need to keep a warning about this person because it's dangerous. And in the end, that person really don't know who you are, probably the most kindest person that you can know. But someone put in your mind that that person is trash. Why? Because they try right. to keep you away. Because probably that person is all the contrary to this uh, narcissist, and they will try to manipulate you. They will try to put you in their side. And, they are, and this happens a lot in these communities. Oh, if you go to this event, you can come to mine because you are with that person. Oh, if you are uh, endorsing this author, I don't go to endorse your book because you endorse an author that is my enemy. Oh, if you go to the... Yeah. Sometimes, people, it's crazy. sometimes people invite you to events and people is like, oh, but who else you are inviting? And the organizers are like, okay, I'm inviting this, this, and this one. And they say, oh, if you invite this person, I don't go to your event. So they're trying to dismiss all the opportunities that you have because they want to win. They want the attention because narcissist is yeah. like a shadow who is always trying to look the, all the light around and trying to absorb the light. They mm-hmm. are like this uh, black hole in the middle of the universe trying to soak all the light true. around from the planet. That's true. And, you know, if you're my friend, you're my friend. And who I'm friends with should not affect you. Um, and if you're concerned about we're going somewhere and I'm inviting somebody and that person's not your friend, you get to make the decision for you whether or not to, to be there. But if you're my friend and you're going to be there for me, then be there for me. You know what I mean? Like don't, don't buy into the bullshit um, that a narcissist will, will try to sell you to keep you to themselves. See, narcissists are just greedy because everything is about them, and they will make you make your life about them too if you let them. So what you're saying is very important as far as, you know, don't be, don't be sucked in because narcissists will start by making you the center of their attention, but it's because yes. they want to bring you into their world, not because they want to share a life in yours. Very different. Exactly. They, they, they just want to be rounded for everybody else. That happens too much mm-hmm. in this community. And, and it's something that I, I have been struggling the, the last years. I have this experience. Yeah. I was invited to an event, and someone else comes uh, to tell me, you have problems with some of the presenters? And I immediately say, I don't know which are the presenters, but I will be there. I don't really care who, who else is presenting. And they say, oh, you know, because we have this two person who literally say that if you present in the event, you can go. And I say, okay, it's, it's in you. Mm-hmm. you know, I don't go to fight on this. If you want to invite me, I will be there for my class. If you can't invite me for this, I'm really sorry that you have this complicated situation. It's okay. I know not with you. Uh, uh-huh. If you think that yeah. these, four, these two persons can bring you more people, it's totally okay. I understand. Don't worry. Uh, it's your money. It's your project. Mm-hmm. I totally understand. Don't, I don't go to be mad for that. You can invite me the next year if you want. And the person in the end say, okay, I prefer to invite you because they were, like, literally trained me. Like, if you invite him, I don't go to be there and I don't go to promote the event with my followers and blah, blah, blah. And I say, oh, I'm really worried for that person. I'm really sorry that you're happening for this situation, this very, very mad. Because it's your event. You should be trying to bring everyone that you want. And this happens a lot in this situation. And now, and now with 2020, this happens too much. Because before we had yeah. all of these physical events in different cities, so... The people from the city go to the event. 
Now when all the events mm -hmm. and classes turn online, it's so much competition because everybody's online. So it's now it's not the series, now it's not a local event, it's an online event. And it's too much events that they are starting to fight with each other. And they are like, oh, I want to mm -hmm. invite this, but I can't invite this, but if I invite this person, this other person don't want to go, they are starting to turn in divas. You know, like Mara Carey, and if you invite this person, I don't go to present in the concert. They believe that they are Mara yeah. Carey in, in this scenario. And it's, a, it's very complicated because when they turn out with you, they try to put all the community against you. And you are like, I don't really yeah. know what is happening. And, and you associate with someone who they don't like, and they try to put everybody else. Yeah. Oh, you know, this person, he's associated with this another person who is the cousin of that person, so you need to stay away of that person. So, you know, if you live in Russia, you, yeah. you are a bad person, something like that. You are for, for association, because you are close to Putin, so you are a bad person. They do something like that with yeah, well, all of I mean, these events, classes, communities. Well, the other right, and the other question is: Are you uh, do you have your own power as an individual that you can just be friends who you want to be friends with? Why does it matter um, if if you know this other person, but this other person doesn't like me? We're not children. You get to be an adult who makes decisions that you. You can be friends with someone that maybe your friend doesn't like is okay. You know, it's, it, we can still talk and still be friends because it's not my job to tell you who to be friends with. It's not your job to tell me who to be friends with. And if somebody – see, but this is the thing. When you cancel people in the situation you're talking about, because of someone else, or you have to feel like you have to uninvite someone, then you're not making this, you're not making the decisions if you're in charge. You have to say, no, all of these people are welcome, and let individuals make up their mind from their experience of the person, not because of mere association. It's not enough that you just know somebody. Go and make your own decision. Don't don't necessarily buy the bad press. Some people have a lot of bad press. Some people have yeah. it because they earned it. Some people have it because they're merely friends with someone who has a reputation. These things happen. You can't judge that way. You cannot do that. Um, you are missing out on a whole world of wonderful teachers and authors and friends when you merely cut somebody off for being associated with someone. That's ridiculous. It's childish. Exactly. Because you are not just canceling people. You are canceling, when you cancel an event or you cancel organizer, you are canceling everybody else around. You are taking, you are literally taking the food from the tables of these presenters. You are saying, oh, these presenters, they are, they are mad with me. I don't care. But I will put all of these classes and the stuff. I will say that everybody there, is mad, they are crazy people, don't go to them. So you are starting some kind of war where literally anybody needs yeah. to participate because we are trying to build community. We are trying, we are trying right. in some way to do which our ancestors can do because they were persecuted for similar things. And you are doing exactly the same. Yeah. So my, my exercise in these situations is I try to ignore these situations and, okay, they are canceling me. Okay, don't worry. I go, I go to continue doing my work. I don't do threats to anyone. I don't put uh, indirect messages right. in Facebook or something. I just continue doing my work because uh, I had this talk like two or three months ago with another author, 
uh, he comes with me uh-huh. to my DMs and he says to me, Hello, I, I need to ask you something. I know that we never talk too much, but I, I'm struggling with a situation if we can talk. And I, okay, uh, I call you. And he says to me, oh, thanks for taking the time. Uh, you know, I'm very new here. I have this new book. And is this situation happening with authors canceling each other and they are trying to put me in, on the spotlight and say these bad things to me because I am very associated with this another person who is the ex-boyfriend of this person. I was like, wow, this is, this is very uh, strange, but it's very normal because you need to be patient mm-hmm. in these uh, episodes. What is happening here is that all of these people, they are very narcissists, and they really think that all the community is built around them. They, don't really, they really forget the fact that when you die, the community will be there. Mm-hmm. Don't care what you think, the community will be there. And they will remember exactly what you did. So because our community is bigger than these people, you just focus in the community. If these two or three persons are against you, don't focus in these three persons. Focus in the other one or two millions of people around there who are trying to follow your work. Focus on them. Don't follow. Don't focus in these three persons who are trying to cancel you or saying bad things about you. Don't focus on them. And because this goes to happen to you all the time in this work or in mm-hmm. any other community, where you are in any religious community, social community, always situations like this will happen. So you don't care about them. Oh, but they are saying these things on Twitter. Don't follow them. Just unfollow them. Just right. follow them. Do whatever you want mm-hmm. or feel comfortable for your mental mm-hmm. health to be calm. Don't mm-hmm. read anything related with them. Don't respond to their messages because they are manipulative people. Just stay away of them and just focus on the community because the community is stronger than us. The community is bigger than us. You can go out of the community tomorrow. You can delete all your social media. The community will continue there because the community is not made around you. You are not building the community. The community is there. You are just trying to put more people in there. Yeah, Uh, you're totally right. I mean, it's not that we're not all important to a certain extent. That's not the point. The point is is that no one, the whole community does not rise and fall on one person or even one group to be honest. It's it's comprised of all of us. We all have our our part to play in it. We all have a contribution to make to it. Um, but if I fell off the face of the earth tomorrow, there's 9,000 other podcasters right behind me doing what I'm doing. It's not a problem. I encourage it. Yeah. I think everybody, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Podcasting is very popular right now. A lot of folks yeah. got into the game during during the pandemic, for example, and a lot of them fell off because it's not as easy as it looks. Um, but by the same token, all are welcome. All are welcome. And if you can make a go of it, fantastic. There's always a place for more voices. More voices means more information, whether it's your teachers, more your podcast. points of view. Absolutely, absolutely important to have more points of view all the time because that's how we grow as people, just as indi- not even as witches, just as individuals to grow, to have new ideas yeah. and new ways of thinking of things. I mean, there are conversations we have now that we couldn't have 20 years ago. You know, we talk- I have a lot of trans people that are in my family, and it's not something, you know, when I was dating a trans person uh, in college, we couldn't even say it out loud. We would be chased. 
you couldn't talk about you couldn't talk about it and you know and that's like 40 years ago is true but we've come everything takes a step towards the future continue to take steps towards the future to make things better for everybody and the only way we do that is by talking about experiences and getting as many different opinions as we can yes you know we're going to to inspire others who can feel related and like you say uh when you start doing your podcast, we are waiting no happen close because you are the original. Mm-hmm. And when you stop, mm-hmm. always people, other people will come to other podcasts and people will feel related with us. Uh, and that's very nice because we are in a very big world. And probably so, someone out there, very crazy person, don't like Raina, and they <laughs> say, oh, you know, I don't, I don't like Raina because I don't know, I, I don't like her color hair, for example. Yeah. And they can identify uh-huh. with another person, and, and this is a totally valid option. Or people will say, oh, you know, you know, I don't like Elohim because I don't like his English, or I don't like his books, or he maybe, no. Maybe people say, maybe, maybe people think, because I received some messages before about it, or all of that kindness mm-hmm. is fake, and it, it, it's okay, it's a valid option. If you think that all of my character is some kind of theater character that I made, that's on you, that's totally okay. Yeah. I don't go to stop to sleep for that. Is your option believe on that? Follow other people. Don't care. Because we yeah. need to try to focus right. in the in, the idea is it's a community. It's bigger than us. It's a lot of people. It's, we are not building community around us. The community is building ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. We're just adding little bits and pieces to it. Community has already existed for many, many years and will continue way yeah. after I'm gone. We're after all of us are gone because there's new people joining the community all the time. And it's not just our community being pagan or being uh, multisexual individuals. There's new influences coming all the time. There's new ways of being. And the more people you talk to and the more experiences you can share – you learn things. You can even learn things about yourself through other people, which I find is the most beautiful thing, which is part of why I love you so much, my dear friend. <laughs> and we have gone over almost an hour. So I am going to say, say for now, for the, thank you for joining me for this hour and a half Thanks of for goodness. Me. And thank you. A, I appreciate you so much. I know it wasn't as many laughs as you may have been expecting, (laughs) but I think it's so important to learn about you and for people to understand where you're coming from. And I want folks to please go and investigate uh, ElohimLeafar.com where you can see not just the two books that you've heard about, but maybe the other four you would like to investigate, and they are translated in English because I checked. Um, so yeah. please go go and look and get them from Amazon. He is a wonderful writer. He is a wonderful human. You know, the last thing I want to say to you is I know people talk a lot about, quote, unquote, toxic positivity. Uh, that is a, a term that I learned This year, I didn't know it was a real thing. I had to be taught by my friends because I had a very negative thought about it. But I will tell you this, and I learned better. I don't find 
if anybody ever says to you, you are, you are toxic positive, I am going to tell you that not everything is for everybody. You keep being you. You keep being the positive force and the light that you are because you draw people to you. And I will tell you there have been many days where I have needed to hear something positive and you were the person that delivered the message whenever it was, wherever it was. And I love you so much for that. And I think same, we need same, you. Same. And, uh, and, and you, are, you are important. And I want to see more from you. I want to hear more from you. And you are going to be on the show more. So I'm saying that in public so he can't get out of it. So just remind <laughs> him, everybody who's listening, that if he's bored exactly. or he has five minutes, he has to come to see me on this show because I love you and I think you're fantastic and I can't thank you enough for spending this time with me and I can't wait till we do it again. That is the same, exactly the same. Thank you for inviting me. You are wonderful. You are awesome. I really love your podcast. I really love listening to your podcast every week. It's very nice. And I really appreciate that the other day you, you take the time to share a selfie because it was, oh, she has no face and it's a beautiful face. So thanks for that. Now, now we know how do you look. <laughs> Nobody's interested in all that. But okay, thank you for saying that. Was very <laughs> sweet. No, I was so excited to finally have the book in my hands. I had been waiting for manifestation magic to be in my hands um, for so long, and it finally was in my hands, and I was very, very excited, so I took a selfie so Elim could see <laughs> me I, holding his book because I thought, okay, he probably doesn't even know if this girl is real. Let me show him that I'm real, <laughs> and I have the book. So, maybe yeah, it's a machine. Maybe, maybe so it's a much. robot. <laughs> You're so funny. I'm not a robot. Anyway, <laughs> although there are moments. But, Elian, thank you again, and I can't wait to talk to you again. So stay Same. positive, keep writing, keep sending out the good word to community that, you know, we're here to take care of each other, and it's not about just one person. It's about us all as a group. Yeah. So I thank you again for that. Thanks to you. And people, remember, please uh, share the podcast with everyone else. Please remember, try to promote the podcast and the spaces that we have because we don't have many, so try to appreciate these places and the spaces that we have, virtual, online, or physical. Try to share the podcast with everyone around you, with your friends, with your colleagues, with your comment, trying to make a party to, to listen to the podcast, trying to be creative, sharing your groups of Facebook, because we don't have many spaces like this, so try to appreciate them. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful, wonderful day, and my love to your husband, too. Yeah, same. Thank you. All right, everybody, we're going to end it right here. I will see you all next week. Bye.